Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hool, and in this episode, we talk to Kylie Nichols, CEO and founder of Nickel and Suede, an accessories brand dedicated to inspiring confidence and empowering women to make every day brave. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hool. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. Under Nichols' leadership, Nickel and Suede has evolved from a small basement workshop to a national brand with three retail locations and a design office and production facility in Kansas City. Recognized by Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing companies nationally and the number one rated in the Midwest, Nickel and Suede has grown a cult following for its innovative, lightweight statement earrings using premium Italian leather. In 2019, Kylie launched with Nichols, a weekly podcast dedicated to inspiring women to be confident in pursuing their passions. Previously, Kylie ran One Little Mama, a style blog and community, and co-founded One Little Belt, a children's apparel line. Kylie lives in Kansas City with her family and is married to her college sweetheart, who also happens to be her business partner, and is a proud boy mom to five sons and two crazy puppies. Kylie Nichols, welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, from one fashionista, accessory lover to another, <laughs> I am honored to have you as a part of this podcast. And I'm just so impressed with all that you've built and how your business has evolved at Nickel and Suede. And I know you are just getting started. So looking forward to diving into our conversations all about your journey and career pivots. But before we get started, let's find out something fun about you to share with our listeners. Besides running an accessories empire and being a super mom with your five lovely boys and um, two puppies, right? You have full yes. house. Um, <laughs> what are you loving to do these days when you're not working? Oh, I'm so boring. If that's possible. <laughs> yeah. I work a lot, obviously, as an entrepreneur and then a mom. So lately, it's just been when it's sunny outside, just going outside and like laying in the sun. I tell my family I'm cold blooded, like I need to just lay in the sun and recharge. So yeah. I didn't think I was ever someone that could lay and do nothing. But now I'm like, this is the life. So it doesn't really matter what I'm wearing. It's not like I put on a swimsuit and go get a tan. I'm just like laying in the sun on a towel for like a 20 minute power nap. Oh, I love that. Well, I think we do all need that vitamin D. I mean, it's tough on the days, and we're just chatting here. Today, it's 105 in Boston. Hi. That's probably yeah. not fun. <laughs> but right. I hear you. I love to be out. I love the sun. I think it totally recharges us. So that's awesome. The heart of this podcast truly is all about career pivots. And while motivating and truly inspiring our listeners to take meaningful action in their lives and follow their passions, 
for us being connected and, and for the listeners here and what I do in my industry, many come from service or retail or own their own businesses. So I know you're going to have so many great nuggets to share for those tuning in. And to start off, I would love to talk about your journey in creating Nickel and Suede. Can you tell us, did you have a career in retail early on and what fueled that desire to one day become a business owner? Yeah, I love the topic of your podcast. I obviously really relate to it, having pivoted, but I didn't really have a retail career early on. It was pretty dismal, I guess. I worked at Gap Kids for a few years. I love Gap Kids, loved the job, but I was terrible. I was not good at sales. Like I didn't have much confidence. And so I'm like, I can keep things straight. I can keep the store orderly and I can help check people out. It's funny looking back now. I'm like, why did they even keep me around? I started my early career, I guess, was really being a stay-at-home mom and a style blogger. And so to get out of the house, I had some retail jobs, but then quickly started an Etsy shop with my husband in the early days when we first had our first little boy. And I really enjoyed selling online and marketing online and just learning that whole new world was really fun and creative. So that was kind of my you know, first career was having Etsy shops, having these side businesses where I would set up tents and sell in vendor markets and then really blogging every day, five days a week for years about mom life and DIYs and style and hair and beauty and everything I was interested in. Mm -hmm. That is so amazing. You get your foot in the door of retail real quick. You learned what you'd like to do, what you didn't like to do. And then you honed it on your strengths and picked up new learnings. Yeah. That's the heart of all we talk about. But what do you feel has been the successful key to your business building pivot? How did that get started as you were really growing your Etsy business and now to full retail and you're doing a lot of things? Yeah, I don't feel like my early story is anything unique. Lots of women started and men Etsy shops in the mm -hmm. beginning. And there's so many great ones now. And having a style blog is by no means unique. But I was able to kind of find my own niche in sharing really authentic and sometimes embarrassing stories that people could relate to. And so the followers that I did have wanted to tell people about, go read this blog post. She talked about her miscarriage or she talked about this experience. And so it was shareable and then really authentic. And so anybody who really listened to me or read what I was writing was invested and, and felt like they knew me. And mm -hmm. so having that really gave us the opportunity to have a pretty strong core audience for our business, Nickel and Suede, when we started. So when I made the first pair of earrings eight years ago, I made the first pair of leather earrings and was looking for a pair of metal earrings that were gold and a certain style, and I couldn't find them, but we did have leather on hand from all of our DIY projects. And so I said, well, I'm going to cut this out and see if it looks like this metal earring I've been looking for. And sure enough, it did, but it was so much more comfortable and lightweight. And so it was like same look, but now this cool function and really kind of got my wheels turning having done lots of projects and Etsy shops. And so having that discovery was almost like it was just my instant nature to blog about it. And so then I told my audience and said, you've got to try these, that this is just such an amazing discovery. I can't believe how different these feel. And it just came across so authentic to my audience. And they we knew that if I recommended something, it was worth trying. And so that got us started and the product proved itself and customers said, wow, these are amazing. I want more. I want to tell my friends about these. And so yeah. it grew. But I think figuring out my why and what's important to me was something I did while blogging. And that was being inspirational, trying to add mm -hmm. value to people's lives that was beyond just making money for myself. And those things have carried on into our current business. And now we just have so much bigger reach to 
help women with confidence and help inspire them to be their best selves and also look fashionable and comfortable at the same time. Well, I can't wait to dive more into your offering. So we'll get into that in a bit. But I love that you just said that you segued it perfectly. As a CEO and and truly at the heart of the business, I know you talk a lot about the mission behind Nickel and Swede, where you are focusing on building courage, bravery, confidence in women. What does that mean to you and for your clients you're looking to inspire and also the work culture you have created? Yeah, we find it looks a little different for different types of customers. And we have multiple types. And for some women, being courageous or brave or stepping outside their comfort zone looks like trying a new trend. Trends maybe Mm -hmm. don't come naturally to them. And they look to fashion authorities for help with that. And for other women, it could be just getting a new piercing or a new tattoo. Or for other women, it could be applying for the job that they weren't, you know, feeling confident that they could have, but really just putting their neck out there, the foot Mm -hmm. in the door. It could look like pursuing and starting their own business or Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be a personal trainer, but I've been intimidated. So how do I do that? So it can look so many different ways. And some women are incredibly confident and, you know, courageous and they go do these powerhouse things. I see you as one of those people, Megan, but Mm -hmm. we all still have these boxes that we kind of put ourselves into. And so Mm -hmm. there's just a constant feeling where how can I push myself? How can I do the thing I'm kind of afraid to do next? And then how do we bring that here at work? That it's been interesting too. It's been f- really fun to kind of discover what our values are and really try to live them out. And we lean into optimism and empowerment so much. Sometimes that looks like an employee here wanting to gain new skills. And so finding a way to help empower them to do that or wanting to have a different career path than being at Nickel and Wade forever. So how do we give them the skills that they want to help them achieve their dreams? That's amazing. Well, and I have to tell you, accessories, they can be life-changing, outfit-changing. Like, think about it. Everyone can't see, obviously, but Kylie has, like, the most beautiful blue earrings on, and so my color. I need to buy those right now. (laughs) How long has Nicole and Swade, what was the year that you started? Yeah, we started in 2014. Okay, yeah, so... Going back to my fashion years, the heavy metal, like my earlobes are destroyed, Kylie. (laughs) Remembering the days, oh my goodness, of all the fashion accessories. I used to work for a contemporary boutique here in Boston and wearing the Aldo high heels. No offense to Aldo, but my legs are also in feet destroyed after years of retail. So I'm falling apart over here with my earlobes and my feet and legs. I really like the accessories. I can't tell you when I really had to do a purge after many years of working retail and discounts and buying all the things, having an awesome necklace or a great pair of earrings or just accessorizing and getting out there. That puts a little pep in your step and really polishes you up when you can wear something so simple and basic, but you get so many compliments and I don't know, you really then wind up investing in these statement pieces that just become a part of your life. You look forward to wearing them. That was a great testimony for us at the very beginning the customers were like these are life-changing like Mm -hmm. not only do I get compliments every time I wear them someone compliments them but I forgot I had them on because they were so lightweight and so it was just a okay this is a good confidence boost and it really played into what is our mission that's to help women be able to put on something at the beginning of the day and a lot of times physical objects are so important for helping our mindset and so you just yeah. put on your thing and that can give you what you need to just get going. And that's sometimes all it takes. People always remember accessories, right? Even in an interview, mm-hmm. um, you may not remember the outfit, but you're like, ooh, like I remember mm-hmm. you have this like awesome yellow necklace on or something. So you yeah. can leave lots of lasting impressions. I love that. And in the spirit of this podcast, I have to tell you, we always like to leave our listeners with a little teaser. And I have lots more questions for you, but I'm going to put you on the spot with a yes or no question. And then we're going to go to a quick break. Mm-hmm. So yes or no, do you remember the exact moment you decided to create Nicole and Swain? Yes. 
And with that, we will be going to a quick break and pick this up when we get back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Kylie. So before the break, you said yes. Tell us about that moment in creating Nickel and Swede. And we'd love to hear, was it a desire and a love for accessories? I know we kind of went into it a little bit, but like, where did the idea come from? How did you get started? Like, tell us all about that moment. It was, it was really, I think, sitting in my kitchen, looking at these earrings I just created, and I had taken them off and put them on. And then I guess I would say it's the same day. I don't ever mow the lawn. Honestly, it's probably the only time in my life I've ever mowed the lawn. But my husband was out of town and I was like, I can do hard things. And I always do harder <laughs> things when he's gone. I don't know why. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to prove it. I can do it. So for some reason, I mowed the lawn. But then I came back and I was like, wait a minute. I just mowed the lawn in my earrings. Like, what? <laughs> what? I didn't You're even like, know. Wait, my t- I didn't knock my tooth out. <laughs> I know. Like, what? <laughs> like, and yeah. then I think I laid down with my kid that night to help yeah. them put some sleep. And I got up and I'm like, I just did that with my earrings on. And I didn't even notice in the past. I always wore these big metal earrings. Like, I would have noticed. I would have taken them off. Mm-hmm. They would have cut my neck. Like you said, so, it would knock your tooth out, give you a black eye. I remember those yeah. swinging, dangling things. Yes, <laughs> yes. So those <laughs> the kind of like two moments for me. I was like, this is yeah. different. This is so different. But I got the same look the whole day. So it really was a kind of a happy accident. I just have always had the feeling of, oh, if I don't have something, I can figure it out. I can make it. I can, you know, find something in the house that'll work. So kind of that can-do attitude. So made the mm-hmm. first pair and they looked horrible. I mean, they, they looked good, but compared to the quality that we do now, having had my husband come join mm-hmm. in and, and put some processes and equipment in place, but it was a great start. And then having a few friends try them on and say, oh my word, I don't want to wear anything else. Can you do these in more colors or styles? And so we just mm-hmm. kind of got going. At the beginning, I did not know where it was going to lead or end. There's millions of women out there, so there's plenty of potential, but what could it do for customers? Whose lives could it change? Would it lead to retail stores? I didn't know any of that at the beginning. So we were in our basement, 800 square feet, and stayed there for about two years, made and shipped more earrings than we knew what to do with. And then we're given an opportunity for a retail store and said, yeah, we need to get this out of our house to some extent. People were coming to our house all hours of the day to pick up their packages instead of have a ship. So I said, oh, a little pickup window would be nice. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. We could just do that. And uh, it turned into much more than that, obviously. The store was beautiful. It turned into a destination for our, our small town. People would mm-hmm. bring their family in and travel in. So mm-hmm. retail yeah. was a really fun playing thing to add and it's fun to see it be almost instantly successful of this is a great environment. Our values, our, our mission, it creates a great environment. We can have this physical presence too. So yeah, fast mm-hmm. forward, we've got three retail stores now with more um, possibilities in the works. And then we're in 15,000 square feet now where we still mm-hmm. produce and make everything here in Kansas City. 
for your product. Talk to us a little bit about what makes those earrings so special. I know we talked a bit in the beginning with the leather and lightweight and tell us about your other offerings. And I know you beyond that have some other accessories. So tell us a little bit about the collections and like what you feel like really makes them super special. Yeah. One of the things I've learned is that you just have to start somewhere with anything that you start and you do the best you can with what you have and then you'll figure out the next steps. So in the beginning, we were able to source kind of the remnants of like designer handbags, leather. And so Mm. their batches were enormous. And when they had leftovers, there was enough left for us to make plenty of earrings. And so that was a really fun, cool start. Mm. And it helped us learn about leather qualities and what works for earrings. And no one had ever done this before. Every tannery we talked to was like, you make what? You're making these simple earrings and you want the leather (laughs) what way? Like that's not how we do it for bags. That's not how we do it for belts. And so we did go to Italy. We found several tanneries and the same designer, Italian leather, but having it made for us so that it's beautiful on both sides and it's still lightweight, but it holds its shape. So we had one original shape was our teardrop shape, which I think is still one of the most beautiful classic shapes of an earring. But since then, we've expanded and we have hoop styles. We have almost any shape can be made out of leather. It's just so much more lightweight when it's in leather. Mm-hmm. You can also add patterns to leather. You can add texture. There's so much you can do with leather. So love that they're lightweight. They're Italian. They're comfortable, also beautiful, and kind of the possibilities are endless. And then, yeah, as far as what else we offer, we started offering leather cuffs as well. So some other leather products, and then we've introduced hats. I think a big statement hat is also very empowering, and Mm. we always get a compliment when you have a hat on. So apparel with messaging, things like that. So, yeah, continuing to add gifts and other things to what we offer. I feel like uh, we've talked about this too before, but statement and delicate jewelry, it's just having... It's such a moment. I feel like you're pioneering a lot of this because many of them started a few years after you, but with some of the other brands out there and people offering piercings. I feel like the 90s, like Claire Child is coming back. (laughs) Your products are certainly much better than Claire's. Your earrings will will not turn green. I was even telling my husband, ooh, maybe I want to get my second hole repaired. But you see down the seaport in Boston with the pop-up shops down there, there's a piercing stud place and it's so cool. So wow, what a time. Um, to have this perfect product alignment. And I'm sure you have other things as you continue to open new stores and add on other offerings. So good for you. And knowing your community and your customer and just being authentic. That's what I love about you, your podcast, being vulnerable, sharing stories like no one's perfect. A little too much. No, I love it. I love it. We'll talk about that. But what was your biggest challenge as a business owner going through 2020? And I guess what are you most proud of coming into 2021? Yeah, I think that'll be the question for years to come for mm-hmm. you know us to answer. But 2020 was really scary for everyone. It was hard for us because we really had never had much of a work from home environment. So that was scary as a business owner to try and make sure everything can go online. And how do we keep things moving? Producing everything here ourselves too. trying to how do we keep our fulfillment center open and keep people safe. So mm-hmm. all the concerns that all business owners had, how do we take care of our people? So I'm really proud of the fact that we didn't let anybody go. We were able to keep people working from home or continuing to just barely bootstrap the operation. And we did open two retail stores last year as well, which was probably crazy, but we were committed before COVID and we just felt like staying the course in the most optimistic way possible was going to be the best way forward. The only way out is through. So we're just Mm going to keep going with our plans and and make the best of it. So we did. We opened in Dallas and we opened in Kansas City as well last year. 
so wonderful to hear you able to keep everyone on. And I feel like I remember seeing that Kansas City opening. I'm sure when you were opening there and Dallas, you were bringing life back into the community, having something to look forward to, more safely people coming out, kind of having those, I guess, as best you can, grand openings, right? Yeah. Um, But now, are you really seeing a pickup in Kansas City? I've never been. I really, really want to go. I know you guys have a good football team also. We won't get into that (laughs) because they're our Patriots. We're like Tampa Bay fans now. But it's a cool city, right? Hopping. And of course, Dallas, there's always something going on. So what would you say about the area of the community? Are you really feeling some good positive vibes going into 2021 now, summer and into fall holiday? I mean, everything will be continuing to be a lot different this next normal. We are, you know, excited to see retail picking up everywhere. In Kansas City, obviously things are, they're doing great. And we have such a strong local following and support. Dallas has definitely been a bigger challenge, but I knew that it would be. I knew it would be a learning experience because we were going to a city that wasn't Mm -hmm. our hometown. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a strategy necessarily that was foolproof. It's like, okay, we know our product is good, but What's our strategy going to be to get new people in the door? So I think finding foot traffic and trying to bring people out and create brand awareness in a new city, it's such a good exercise and a good learning thing. So I'm really excited about what we're going to learn from it and be able to use going forward. And to segue in that so beautifully, talent, I mean, that's at the forefront of your mind and hiring Mm -hmm. and making sure you're bringing the right people in the business. As a CEO in this growing business, I'm going to put you in the hot seat from an interview, insight, talent, conversation. So I know hiring is at the forefront as you add top talent to your team. So when interviewing candidates, I have two questions for you to put you on the spot. Okay. So the first question, what stands out? for you when speaking with a candidate during an interview where you're like, oh, okay, this candidate, I like this candidate. And then the second, what drives you crazy that people should stop doing? I should have good <laughs> answers to these. I feel like I've been- We want to hear from you. <laughs> re- recruiting and interviewing my life away over the last two years. It's been a new skill for me to learn for sure, but I am really proud of it actually. For how far I've come from being mm-hmm. not confident gap retail employee to now I'm interviewing and hiring. But I think- What I love, I really love when people can give great anecdotal stories that relate to questions where it's like, I can see who you were in that situation. And Mm -hmm. it totally fits with our culture and what's important to us. People development, putting good systems in place and things that it's just like, yes, okay. And I I can see it in your story. So I really don't like it when it's like so vague and there's no story attached to it. And I'm like, I don't know. Give me me an example. We (laughs) can all say that about ourselves. Yeah. But yeah, I think... I think those have been the two things that have been the most helpful is to just, and part of that's on me, right? Asking good questions. Yeah, but you can sense it out. What drives you crazy about candidates? Anything that's really consistent that people can stop doing, giving Mm. your inside advice? (laughs) Yeah. So I guess one thing I've learned recently is just the power of how you respond, Mm -hmm. how the candidate responds to me, especially if I say, Mm -hmm. We went with another candidate. We never want to burn a bridge. And so I've seen the difference between saying, but we went with someone else or now's not the right time for you. And how one candidate can say, I just wish you all the best. Is there anything else I can help you with? And they present maybe more opportunities versus someone else who kind of maybe would say, well, I hope you find what you're looking for and right. bitter attitude. I just right. passive I've, aggressive. You're yeah. like, okay, I've just learned too small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> learned so much of like how long of a way that goes with feeling being on the interviewer side. So I just think yeah. you never know what'll happen in the future. So really 
keep trying to help and there will probably be a place for you someday. Right. Leave a lasting impression. No no need to get bitter. I mean, I get it. There's some people maybe out there that are hearing more no's than yeses. And that's on them, to be honest. So I think if you're not willing to go deep of like, maybe what am I not doing right? Then you're always going to be frustrated and be in that mindset. But that's beautiful advice. Thank you for sharing those insider tips um, that I'm sure will be very helpful. And from a working mom out there to you, certainly in balancing your five boys. I coach a lot of people through my programs that are moms. And as a mom of five boys, how do you balance it all? I get this question all the time. And mm-hmm. I think your advice would be so beautiful for any moms out there that really have just had babies or have been out of the industry for a few years and not feeling confident about getting back to the interview process or just getting back into it in general. What are some of the best things you think they could do today to point them in the right direction? Yeah, I really feel for those moms. I mean, I've been there. And then we have this great community of women online that I see one posted the other day that said, I just bombed an interview and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get back in the workforce. And I just said, oh, I've been there as the interviewer. Mm -hmm. I've bombed an interview. Mm -hmm. So I think knowing that everybody's been there at some point, you're always going to learn from a bombed bad experience, but you just have to start. And then I give that advice for a lot of different things, but you just have to start, put yourself out there and maybe you will not do well your first time, but you're going to do better the next time. You'll learn from it pretty quick. And then just as a working mom, it is it's such a challenge. Balance you know, doesn't exist. But I, someone gave me some advice recently that has been helping me, which is really to just be present wherever you are. And so when you're at home, be at home and make the most of that time. And when you're at work, be at work and make the most of that. And that has helped me just kind of shift where my mind's at and then feel confident and proud of what I'm doing wherever I am. So yeah. Well, I think with so many new moms, all the 2020 babies, Mm -hmm. but coming back into it, and I deal with this all the time, some of the first questions, if someone has transitioned out of a business or getting the scaries of getting back into their business, they left on maternity leave is the the company culture, like the flexibility. Any thoughts on that? What do you feel like you're doing well? Like what can companies do better that you're seeing out there? And this is across all industries, like not just retail, but I get it. Like our hours are obviously pretty demanding and a lot of positions are pretty demanding. But how important do you think that is for for brands to really pick up that flexibility? It's possible. We we did a lot at home last year. It's true. It's true. It's, It's hard because sometimes I don't quite know the right thing to do based on what does everybody else do. And I know that mm-hmm. kind of sounds silly and that's not necessarily how you should base it. But having not worked in even my industry for my whole life, I was a stay at home mom and I'm trying to figure out how to build this office culture. And so I want to make a culture that's feels productive. It feels like we're working towards goals and we're efficient, mm-hmm. but then is also very mom friendly. I'm a mom. I know I have to believe sometimes. I think it really comes down to, I think if companies have really clear goals, expectations, timelines, plans, then that work can get done around other things that are so important. So we have lots of moms who leave early for soccer games, but I know they hop back on later to you know finish whatever they didn't quite get done or they get up early the next day. And we've got sometimes kids come to work with moms in the summer, but they're good kids. They help a little <laughs> bit. I'm like, no, it's not quite a baby. It's not quite a three-year-old, but it, I've actually got my 12-year-old here at work today with me. Um, and he, he's, he's assembling. He's helpful, right? He's putting boxes together. He's sorting yeah, earrings. So I think there's actually somewhere. lots of yeah. opportunity for, for learning for them to just observe yeah. a workplace. So mm-hmm. I think just being flexible and understanding and that that goes a long way with loyalty. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Well, your kids are lucky to have you and your husband, who's your business partner as well. I'm sure you're instilling so many incredible values in them. And how fun. I wish my mom was a cool accessories <laughs> designer back in the day. We, my mom's yeah. pretty cool. but We hope so. We're either really uh, messing them up or they're going to come out of this very resilient. And, no, uh, no, no, yeah. no. You see my mom. <laughs> well, tell us, because I think to listen in to some of your family stories in real life, any of the listeners can tune into your podcast with Kylie. So what can we expect in your episodes, some of the things that you share so our listeners can get to know you as well through your own podcast? So as I said at the beginning of this episode, I really started with blogging. And then as I had less time to blog, and as I think the world changes, podcasts became a natural flow for how can I still share stories, information, thoughts. So started the With Kylie Nichols podcast about two years ago. And it's been an awesome learning experience. But I've really found that the heart is still the same where it's helping share my stories, my failures, my struggles or wins to help inspire other women to say, oh, if she can do that, I can do that too. And then Mm -hmm. having other guests on that are in the same boat where doesn't mean they're an entrepreneur, doesn't mean that it could be women who've done anything, but if they've overcome something, if they've pushed past their comfort zone to to pursue their passion, then it will inspire one of the listeners. So we have all kinds of guests. And then sometimes my husband will join me or one of my kids will join me. And it's just talking about the life as an entrepreneur. And Mm -hmm. I think showing other women that you can make your own dreams possible. Mm. Well, I feel like after this episode, and then hopefully following your podcast, which we will definitely link as this episode goes live on our website and whatnot, I'm sure you'll be continuing to aspire a lot of our listeners that maybe haven't heard of you, but will and we'll be following you. So thank you for sharing all that. And what is next with you at Nickel and Sway? Any yeah. inside scoops with new locations, pop-ups? I know you talked about finding you now, certainly in Dallas, Kansas City, online and purchasing on your website. But what does the future hold for you as you continue to scale? That's definitely the hot topic around here, too. What's our plan for mm-hmm. the rest of the year and the coming years? We're looking at more pop-up locations and opportunities. So looking at short-term leases and short-term opportunities to really just grow brand awareness. Mm -hmm. and collaborations with influencers and those types of things. I think you and I have talked about we are looking at adding piercings to our stores as events and then hopefully a a full-time thing. I think that really fits our mission of empowerment and confidence (laughs) and doing something that's a little scary. Scary, right? So, yeah, 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 we're excited to add those. So I think just getting more in-person places where people can touch, feel the earrings, try them on, that's Mm going to be fun this year. And then really trying to make the most of of the holiday season. So yeah, Yeah. kind of a lot of the same grind is kind of what we're up against right now. But that's what happens when you're trying to grow something. I'm looking forward to continuing to follow and see all that you are doing. And for our listeners to connect not only through the podcast, but with you on social media and your website, where's the best place for someone to connect, engage, purchase? Like what are some of your major social handles in your website, I think, where you can purchase everything, correct? Yeah. Um, So you can follow me personally on Instagram. It's just Kylie Nichols, which I could spell for you, but you should probably just look it up. Kylie (laughs) Nichols. And then on Instagram for our business, we are Nickel and Suede, all spelled out. And then nickelandsuede.com for purchasing everything. And uh, the podcast is just with Kylie Nichols. Yeah. And you have Insta for your podcast too, right? I feel like I'm following you. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. We post kind of quotes, snippets. 
Awesome. Well, I will link everything on <laughs> there in the web. It's just a good landing page. Um, go, yeah. You go to meganhull.com, you get everything about Kylie. So um, Kylie, I am just in awe with your creativity and just all that you've built with Nickel and Swede, along with that brand mission. So thank you so much for coming on Pivot with Purpose and sharing your talents, your voice, your inspiration out there through so many of your other channels and platforms. You embrace this amazing, authentic, and just calm, approachable Spirit, I'm just impressed with how calm you are. I'm like, I feel like I need to spend like a month with you and like calm myself down too. Um, so really, you are incredible. And I really wish you all continued success as you look to take over the accessories world. And we're excited to keep our eyes on you for what is to come in the future. So thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. It's going to be a really fun thing to continue to do. Hi, everybody. It's time for another Megan Hool Method Takeaway of the Week. This week, I want to talk about enhancing your social media profile, specifically as applies to LinkedIn and creating your own personal brand. With so much of recruitment and network connecting happening online more than ever, in my opinion, the number one job platform to get noticed is LinkedIn. But just having a basic profile with very little information, especially if you're looking to make a job pivot, is not going to cut it these days. Think about when you're applying to jobs or putting your name out there in social channels. What is the first thing that someone is going to do when coming across your resume or handed your name as a referrer? They're going to Google you. So you better make sure your online platform is a reflection of you. Think of LinkedIn as a free personal branding business card. So grab a pen and paper and make a note. Here are my three easy steps to enhancing your online LinkedIn profile. First, make sure you have a clear title and industry-specific experience to follow up after. Industry examples include retail, finance, hospitality, to name a few. Do not put a fancy quote in your title. You can leave that for the summary, as you will potentially run the risk of not showing up in recruiter searches when looking for a background like yours. As an example, you can check out my LinkedIn title, which is Senior Executive Recruiter, Luxury and Specialty Retail, an executive career and business coach, specific and clear. Also next to your title, have a professional photo with a headshot that makes you shine in the right way. Do not crop yourself out of a group picture or a party photo, save those for Instagram. And if you do not have a LinkedIn photo right now, I highly urge you to take this first step right away. Next, make sure your resume and experience lines up with the dates on your LinkedIn. Keep it up to date. Add in any extra courses or certifications you have that would be relevant for someone to know about you or to highlight some of the groups that you've been a part of. In any job experience, I like to see three to five bullet points of what you have achieved in each role. Teams you've led, numbers, volumes, events. Remember, no one's going to know what you do or have done unless you tell them. So put those best accomplishments you have on LinkedIn. And finally, write a summary about yourself. Get something in that bio about who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about. It's actually known that someone reading a paragraph will always remember the first sentence, so be sure to make it a good one, showcasing the type of professional you are and share a little bit of your personality. Think of that summary as an extended version of your elevator pitch and as a pro tip. As comfortable as you are with this, at the end of your summary bio, share your email address as the best way for someone to quickly reach out to you to get in touch. 
And if you want more direct tips on LinkedIn enhancements, message me on LinkedIn and I will send you my free step-by-step guide. I hope you found these tips helpful and stay tuned for more Megan Hull Method tips this season on Pivot with Purpose. Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull is a Fashion Consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.